And away we go. Welcome into the Dish, a fantasy baseball strategy podcast. I'm your host, Dan Stratford. Stepping up to the Dish today is none other than the great, the fantastic, myself. <laughs> I kid, of course. But, uh, yep, it's going to do a quick Tout Wars head-to-head auction recap here. Uh, mainly just to talk through a couple of different things. One, uh walk through some of the outside forces uh, that happen in uh, lives and talk about how that influences the way we play games such as fantasy football, fantasy baseball, daily fantasy, and I use the word games intentionally there as that is what these are. I uh, completely acknowledge that there are some, if not many, who play professionally, create content, and do these things to uh, make money, put food on the table, quote-unquote, and obviously... Uh, consider this a professional venture, but uh, in the end, these are games to me, and games are meant to be fun, and games are meant to be uh, enjoyable. So that that's first and foremost. Secondarily, do want to talk about uh, the auction itself, uh, but sort of that that's the secondary part uh, that comes after this. So to share some stories here uh, and get uh, some context around Tout Wars, I want to go back... I want to say 13, 14 years where I first started podcasting. Quick synopsis. So Big Two Show, myself and Joe Pizapia uh, did a fantasy football, fantasy baseball podcast. Fantastic. Uh, move into Queens, uh, get in touch with this guy named Mark Healy. If you don't know Mark, uh, he had a show on SiriusXM called Going Nine uh, on Saturdays for a long time. Uh, he had a co-host, but he was trying to build out his website. Started working on that website. Co-host leaves. Mark brings me in on as his co-host over at Going Nine. At that point, I really looked at the fantasy baseball industry as where I wanted to go full-time. I, I, I thought I could, and I still think I, I have um, skills that benefit the industry, uh, maybe not from a full-on analysis standpoint, from hosting, uh, from having conversations, from discussions, uh, but I digress there. So uh, this is sort of the beginning of understanding what Tout Wars is, understanding what labor is, understanding what the industry larger than, you know, the podcasts I listened to or, or were on uh, were really about. And that became a, a sense of validation, wanting to be in Tout Wars, wanting to be in labor, uh, wanting to prove to myself and prove to others uh, that I belonged, that I was a good fantasy analyst and that uh, I belonged in this. Uh, that was a long time coming. So it, it was over many a year that I petitioned the likes of uh, Steve Gardner, uh, Jeff Erickson, Todd. Zola, uh, the whole list of the sort of forefathers of fantasy baseball when it comes to industry leagues. And I got into Tout, went to Tout New York, had a blast uh, in room. Uh, guys like Paul Spora, Joe Pisapia, Jake Seeley was in the league. Um, a great experience. Fast forward to this year. Well, let's go two years ago. COVID hits. We're remote. COVID hits again last year. We're remote. This year, they go remote again. Um, I knew... March 20th was my draft. I was also traveling the week before. So, separate tangent here, a separate story or separate off-ramp to this story is two and a half years ago, and some of you know this, some of this uh, I've shared with um, personal messages or text messages, whatever it might be. Two and a half years ago, my wife was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. Now, I can say two and a half years ago because she has had amazing care at Dana-Farber here in the Boston area. Uh, Her doctors, her nurses, the whole staff is amazing and have been doing everything they can to make sure that not only uh, she fights 
cancer, but also she does it while enjoying the rest of her life. Meaning it's not just treatment. It's not just sleep. It's, it's being able to go out and be a, a mom to three amazing kids uh, who suck sometimes, but <laughs> three amazing kids uh, and to live a life and to work and to continue to do the amazing things she does. Uh, I can talk about my wife for hours on end. Um, truly, truly, truly blessed to have met her uh, and to have, uh, convinced her somehow or another to marry me uh, and uh, continue our lives. So the past two and a half years have been absolute crap for her. Um, and for, for us as a family, we've had down moments. Uh, we've had moments of sadness and anger and confusion and um, and the like. Fast forward through treatments and hair loss and sleeping and rest and... Uh, living in three-month cycles as you get new scan sets and, and frustration and anger and sadness and all of those things. That's become part of our life. Um, it becomes the life of anyone who deals with cancer. Cancer is awful. Um, it takes people from us way too soon. Uh, it makes people's lives uh, entirely harder, both those who are dealing with it and to a lesser extent, those who are the caregivers. Um all of this is to sort of set up the story of, of Tout Wars 2022. So I was away last week. Uh, I knew I was going to be away. I actually did the uh, NERF, the New England Regional Fantasy League draft from Versailles, France. Um, I woke up at midnight, did it till about 2.30, went back to sleep, worked out well because of jet lag, and, and I was pretty much up anyway. I knew I was coming home to draft on Sunday, March 20th. On Tuesday, we got news that my wife has a, a, a progression in, in her uh, illness, and uh, she was having trouble with pain. And so it, it went from me coming home to help as I had to coming home to uh, her being in a lot of pain, which was tough. And also meant that, you know, as, as a partner and as, as a uh, parent, that I would be responsible for for my kids uh, during the draft. Now, this all fast forwards to, I did this draft largely on my cell phone. I did this draft uh, while driving my nine-year-old to her hockey game and then being there for the game and then driving home. My nine-year-old actually bid on six different players for me um, and was great about it. And to be fair, it was probably the most... Uh, she's ever talked to me about fantasy baseball outside of maybe making a DFS lineup here and there. And the most questions she asked, uh, you know, a player's name would be nominated and she'd say, you know, Jav Javier Baz. Like, no, that's Javier Baez. Um, and I'd explain who the player was and she'd ask me, well, do you, do you want to bid on them? No, we'll, we'll let Baez go. I think Baez went for a dollar, by the way, but, uh, we'll let him go. Uh, what about Edwin Diaz? Oh, yeah, let's bid on him. Bid up to 10. Okay, it's at 9. She clicks bid. Well, somebody else hit 10. Somebody else hit 11. We're at 12. I got Diaz for 12. Um, so all this is to really set the stage to say, I had a blast with this draft. And I had a blast because, one, I shared with people in the room what I was dealing with. And I felt a lot of relief doing that. I, I felt a lot of respect for them but also calm for myself that I wasn't trying to put on airs of what I was dealing with and it's not to say I want sympathy or empathy or any of those things I, I don't I I'm not telling this story to get 
Twitter messages and likes and retweets and thoughts and prayers. Um, I'm telling this story because it's my experience with Tout Wars this year. It's my experience with fantasy baseball this year. And so I went into this draft very specifically wanting to target pitching, wanting to target in a head-to-head points league, stud, I went to go pocket aces. It didn't happen because I, I couldn't pay attention close enough. I, I, you know, kept some really close eyes on Jacob deGrom, Garrett Cole, and Corbin Burns. Cole's price went above 40, which I wasn't comfortable paying. DeGrom at 34, which uh, Chris Welsh got. Love it. But there are obvious injury concerns. We've all talked about DeGrom. And we've seen what he does. But I I didn't want to pay that. Burns at 39, I stayed away from. I wanted Scherzer at 32. He went for 35. Then you had some closers go off the board. And I liked what Clay Link did here. He went Hader and Hendricks for $20 and $22. In this league, saves are worth $5. Blown saves are not a net negative. They're not a negative. So all of a sudden, you start dealing with closers, elite closers, in in Roto Leagues are are brilliant. But in this scoring format, if there are no blown save cost, all of a sudden, head-to-head league, you get three saves a week. You're banking 15 points, throwing a couple of Ks, let's say six Ks, you're at 12. You have 27 points for the week from your elite closer. So I liked what what Clay did a lot, hitting, you know, double tapping, whatever phrase you want to use, getting those guys. The first player I uh, ended up bidding on and winning was none other than Steven Matz at $5. Now, maybe a $2 overpay there. I love Steven Matz this year. Um... I think he went 14 and 7 last year. All of those uh, who were detractors from Queens. He went up to Toronto and did that. Now he's in St. Louis, which I think is a great spot for anybody when it comes to starting pitching. Um, so I like Mats a lot. I'll chase wins there. And I'm fine with $5 for Mats. Logan Webb at $23. Can't say I'm as enamored there. Um, I love Logan Webb. I love San Francisco pitchers. Sorry, $33. That feels expensive for me uh, with Logan Webb. Uh, it's just a, an overpay by me because I started to get a little antsy about not being in on the top tier of pitchers. I did get Trout at $33, added Raphael Devers at $33. To me, those are both first-round talents. Um, you had Harper go for 38 Trey Turner went for 40 Juan Soto went for 55 Vladimir Guerrero Jr., 47 If I got Trout and... Devers for 33, 66 total. I'm I that I was thrilled about those two purchases and happy that they were nominated, you know, at at 32nd player off the board and 39th player off the board. Tim Anderson at $24 again feels like a good buy. Starling Marte gives me home run speed, gives me a lot of different ways that'll pick up points. $14. Paul Goldschmidt, 27. Feels like a two to three dollar overpay. I feel like I wanted Goldschmidt at 23, 24. This is one that my daughter did bid on. Uh, said 24. We got to 27. It happens. Or all this Chapman at 9. Edwin Diaz at 12. Again, the, the Diaz. Uh, maybe extra tap from my 9-year-old. My um, DJ LeMahieu at 7. And this is where it gets a little dicey for me. I already have all this Chapman. I price and force on DJ LeMahieu at $7. 
I like LeMahieu to bounce back this year. Uh, I think he is a super utility guy who will get 500 at-bats. I think his batting average will come up. I think he's going to hit plenty of doubles, plenty of home runs to make $7 more than profitable. Giancarlo Stanton at $12, quote-unquote, I will say, if healthy, he's a difference maker. He'll have weeks where he will carry my team in a head-to-head points league. Josh Donaldson at $8. Again, price enforcing, but now I have four New York Yankees. Four of them. Now, in a straight Roto League, I don't care as much about that. But in a head-to-head league, I've probably royally screwed myself here. In a head-to-head points league, the Yankees are going to have a couple of weeks where they have a they have two rainouts. So I go from seven games to five, or even worse, six to four, with some of these players I have on my roster, and I'm going to be screwed. Um... I price enforced again later. Uh, Nate Lau at th- Nathaniel Lau, low Lau. I need to double check those while I'm while I'm looking that up. I'll do a quick baseball reference look here. Uh, but Lau was a price enforcement, and uh, that's just something I enjoy doing. I love auction drafts, and I love enforcing prices. It just it, it's fun for me. It's, so it's Nathaniel Low. Um, I I enjoy it. You get into trouble doing it. You absolutely do. And so it's something you just kind of have to roll with. Tyler Stevenson at $7. Catcher, uh, outfield eligible. Zach Gallen, $14. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna ride with, with Gallen a lot this year. I, I have no real concerns um, with that price point. He's made progress from the shoulder issues. He's unlikely to be part of the first rotation of the season. Fine. I have other pitchers I can roll out there. Um I'd love to see him make two or three spring training starts. I know that's, you know, time's running out on that. But I think he'll be absolutely, absolutely fine. Now, shoulder injuries, yes, there's there's a question mark there. But $14 felt right for him. Uh, Kyber Ruiz, I overpaid for at $10. I really like him as a breakout at catcher, but 10 probably an overpay. Craig Kimbrell, price enforcing, $3. I'm looking for him to be traded. When Avisel Garcia at six, Jordan Montgomery at five. I have Mats and Montgomery very similar this year. I think Montgomery is a key part of the Yankees rotation, but now I have five Yankees on my roster. Anthony D. Scalfani for a dollar. I'll take any San Francisco pitcher for a dollar. Guess who I added next? Another New York Yankee price enforcing Glaber Torres at $2. Uh, Joe Adele at one. I think Adele's strikeout issues are going to continue to fade. Still just 22 years old, I believe. I want to double-check that as I'm talking through here. 22 turns 23 on April 8th. The pedigree is there. We know it to be a fact of why he was drafted, when he was drafted. The skill set is there. He continues to shorten up his his swing. Hit a bomb in one of his first at-bats of the spring. Spring training doesn't mean too much to me other than health. But I like Adele a ton at one. Uh... I also like Adele, the singer, so that works out well. John Gray, a dollar. I'll take a, a speculative grab on him outside of Coors. Uh, you've seen Nick Pollock. You've seen Paul Spore. You've seen uh, Eno Saris. All the smart pitching guys talk about it's not just Coors Field. It's Coors Field and adjusting to being out of Coors Field, to changing your pitch mix, to changing the way you approach batters, to changing what you do on and out of Coors Field. So I like Gray here, even at the age of 30, 31, 
to make the transition to be a three or four dollar pitcher this year when all is said and done. We did also a supplemental draft, which I'm I'm not able to find right now. That was done uh, after the auction was done, but I really wanted to attack pitching harder. I don't love my starting pitching here. I, I think I have a lot of holes when it comes to a head-to-head team. You know, quickly, Ruiz and Stevenson at catcher, Goldschmidt at first. Uh, I have uh, Carlos Santana as a backup first baseman, DJ LeMahieu at second, Rafael Devers at third. I have VR as a backup shortstop and third baseman, Tim Anderson at short, Josh Donaldson as my corner, Gleyber Torres as middle infielder as of right now, Adele Garcia, Kyle Lewis, Manuel Margot, Starling Marte, Will Myers, Mike Trout, Giancarlo Stanton, all of my outfielders, Nathaniel Lowe, uh, of course, first base utility. My pitching staff is light here. Uh, so I have Araldis Chapman, Edwin Diaz, DeSclafani, Gallen, Gray, Matt, Montgomery, Webb, Kimbrell, and I added uh, Devin Williams as a speculative, hey, maybe Josh Hader gets injured. Maybe Devin Williams has a week or two where we know Hader's going to take a bit of a rest. We know that hasn't been Hader's MO so far, but I'll play around with that a little bit. I'll have to be very active in fab. I'm going to have to be very active in starting pitchers. I'm going to have to be very active in trying to churn to start pitchers this season. But I will say, overall, this was a really fun draft. Um, I got to talk to my nine-year-old about players and, and draft strategy. Uh, when it was all said and done last night, she took a, a bath to, before she went to bed. She got out of the bath. She goes, Daddy, is is it still going on? I had no idea what she was talking about. I had no idea. I... I I said, what is what is the, the TV's off? What are you talking about? She goes, your draft. Can we keep drafting? And it's those little moments that the things we do ourselves, um, whether it is playing poker or fantasy baseball or DFS or you know, bird watching or um skiing or crafting or painting or when when your kid takes a moment to take interest in it. And to genuinely ask questions about it, it it made the experience and the reason why the experience happened a, a little more digestible, a little bit more enjoyable. And so this is this hasn't really been strong on strategy um, when it comes to fantasy baseball specifically, but it's much more about strategy, about how I'm trying to approach my life, <laughs> about how I'm trying to be a parent, uh, be a partner to an amazing woman, uh, and and in that have some some fun, enjoy drafting, not take myself so seriously, not worry so much about being in Tout Wars, but while I'm here, enjoying it, and really just uh, enjoying the the group, enjoying the community. And being a part of something that's a little bit bigger than myself, uh, a little bit bigger than uh, what I have going on. So that's the team. Uh, I am going to take a quick look back. Uh, let's see if I can pull the draft board back up. Vlad Greer at 47, Soto at 55, Sporer Paul went for Soto at 55. You know, I get bidding up there. I just don't know if that's where I would have ended. I, I didn't end up there on either of them. Uh, I Trout at 33. 
If I get a $22 discount from Trout to Soto and Trout is healthy all year, I'm I'm stoked there. Um, JT Romuto felt like a little bit of a run at $20, but again, two-catcher league, so I understand what Ariel did there. Correa went for 21. Will Smith went for 24. So Romuto and Smith in line there. Nolan Arenado, whose name I always used to screw up. I used to say Nolan Arendando. Uh, $21 feels about right. Just looking through some of these buys to see any prices. Carlos Radon went for $12 to Andrew Lamont. Um, we know the issues there, but I think he gets a San Francisco bounce. Trying to find some interesting buys here. CJ Crom went to Ariel at $6. You know, I know Crohn's had his own, you know, shortcomings when it comes to his fantasy worthiness, but you have to at least respect Coors Field here, right? And what he did in 2021 is more than $6 worthy. 281, 28 homers, 92 RBIs, 457 at-bats. Chris Bryant now on that lineup. I don't know if that's going to, you know, come out to be another f- season like that for Chrome, but projecting that, $6 is a steal. An absolute steal for, for I think it was Ariel that I said got CJ Crone there. Yeah, Ariel Cohen at $6. Um, Clevenger went to Andrew Lamont for $8. That could be a high upside uh, pick there. Eddie Rosario is an outfielder that I wanted. Andrew got him as well, $3. This is a point where I only had a dollar to spend. No, actually, $2 to spend, but I price enforced on Gleyber Torres instead. Uh, and that is one strategy point here to remember. As you're thinking about auction draft strategy, stars and scrubs, percentages of you know 70-30 or 65-35 for how much you want to spend on hitting versus pitching, you can find all those articles out there. Fantrax has one. I know Fantasy Pros has one. Um, I'm sure RotoWire, all of the major publications have auction draft strategy and how to uh, cut up the money you're going to be using. But I think something some people get, lose sight of is price enforcement when you're at low dollars. And so if you want your player and you only have a max bid of $2, max bid at $2. Force someone else to bid $3 to get them. If you want to be a price enforcer down the stretch, save some cash. So there are just these little nuances to auction that I think are really so much better than snake drafts. Um, and I liked this setup here from from Tout Wars and from, uh, I think Frank had a hand because he won last year in the scoring and, and the format, Frank Stample. But if you go 23-man roster, catcher, two catchers, nine pitchers, five outfielders, do the auction to fill that roster and then do a supplemental bench draft as a, a snake. I, I dug that a lot. So a little bit of a ramble here. Uh, the rest of the week, we will uh, talk to Rudy Gamble. We'll talk to Derek Carty. Uh, we'll get much more into strategy there. We'll talk to Derek about using projection systems, uh, the bat, the bat X, uh, and how he has uh, used that over the years. Also how you can uh, use the bat yourself, where you can subscribe to that. And then Rudy Gamble, of course, of Razball. Razball with tons of content. Rudy has a very distinct way of drafting and how he wants to pair his in-season uh, management of his roster with the way he drafts and make sure he has a true line between the two. So we'll talk to them 
in the coming days. Those will be posted soon. Thanks to anyone who listened to this one. Leave me a comment on iTunes, on Spotify. Ratings are great. Send me a message on Twitter. Tweet at me, of course, at Dan Strafford. Love to hear from anyone who is out there listening. With that said, to anyone who is currently drafting or preparing to draft in the future, happy drafting. Happy drafting.